Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I want to give a little bit of love right here because last night was significant. It was the first time in seemingly forever that the Pacers got a win, and they did it going away on the road in Milwaukee without their centerpiece, Tyrese Halliburton. And the reason why I bring that up is because they have been so, so bad without Halliburton in the lineup. And last night, it was so good to watch them against one of the better teams in the NBA on the road win that game in the fashion in which they did. Jeremiah Johnson of Valley Sports Indiana is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Did that one take you by surprise a little bit last night in Milwaukee, JJ? Just a little bit. I will admit that after I finished up the halftime show, I went back to the media room and uh, walked back out with about two or three minutes into the third quarter, and I just felt like the team I was watching was a little bit of a different team than I saw uh, through most of the first half, and as you mentioned, through many of the games that Tyree Halliburton had not played, and it just continued, and then in the fourth quarter when they built a 10- or 12-point lead, you were kind of looking at the clock, and you thought Giannis is going to try to take this game over, and the Pacers said, not tonight, and so uh, it was it was thrilling to watch. It was the theme of the weekend, right, March Madness, and it was a little bit of a, an upset in Milwaukee last night. Hey, Jeremiah, my name's Chris Hagan. I work at Fox 59 here in Indianapolis. Good to talk to you. Hey, um, that second half was truly uh, different the way they turned it on. And, and of course, I showed it on the highlights, multiple replays of Miles Dunk on Giannis. And and you can see how that fired him up. He he had knocked down a three uh, moments before that. And just they really kind of put that thing away when you – you kept thinking, oh, well, okay, the best team in the NBA, they're going to, they'll kind of just, you know, tread water and they'll come back and win this thing. But that was not what the Pacers had in mind. And I know Rick afterward talked about how, how uh, proud he was and how significant the way they put that game away was. Yeah, and specifically with Miles, I think that game is indicative of the growth that he has made as a player and as a person. He did not have a great game up to that point. He had been in foul trouble, and he hit a big three, and as you mentioned, had the confidence to go at Giannis and then finish, and that was what they were certainly talking about and watching their own versions of the replays on the bus ride back to the airport. And so that was a great way to finish it off. But in previous seasons, I think maybe he put too much pressure on himself, or if he didn't get hot early, maybe he would not be as confident or successful late in the game and that's not what happened you saw you've seen a different different miles turner this entire season and there were so many guys that really stepped up but i do think andrew nemhard was the difference because what we saw in the third quarter and the fourth quarter it reminded me of what we saw in golden state and i don't know what happened in january maybe teams were defending him differently putting more pressure on him during that month that tyrese halliburton was out but what you saw last night reminded me of that golden state game uh in late late november early december J.J., you know what a, a long season it is. Right now we're all caught up in the madness of March and how every game, you know, means something right now. But the long NBA season, you know, some people say, oh, well, you know, it's just another game. But how significant was it for those guys that, that did play last night and to get that W when there's, you know, there's been a lot of disappointment and, you know, injuries and L's piling up over the last couple of months? Well, in most seasons, Chris, I'd be looking at the standings and in practice or in shoot-around, I would ask about playoff positioning and and sort of trying to project things out a little bit. I've tried to not do that as much because I still remember that this season was not all about getting into the playoffs or getting a home court advantage seed like so many of the previous seasons. But now they get that win and they're sort of in that position, maybe – those conversations can happen. But I still think this is one of those things where they're just taking each individual game and they're saying, what can we learn? What can we improve on? How can we gain some confidence, not just for this season, but moving forward? And so that's that's kind of what happened. And so uh, it'll give them some energy heading into that game on Saturday, but then turn around and have another four-game road trip next week. It's a stretch of seven of eight on the road. And the Pacers at least have played better. I believe they've won five of their last seven road games after going almost two months without winning one. So that right there shows growth, and it shows they're not ready to hang it up just yet. 
Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana. Pacers, Sixers coming up at Gamebridge Fieldhouse tomorrow night. Get into that in a second. So going to be the second of the back-to-back for the Sixers coming up tomorrow evening, which always brings into question whether or not Joel Embiid will be playing. And certainly I don't want to bring that up, but I will be forced to coming up in a second. But I did want to give credit, J.J., to George Hill. George Hill, production-wise, nice. And then in the huddles. You know, we talked about James Johnson so far this year being an influence on this very young and growing team. George Hill, since he had been acquired, came over here from Milwaukee, has been an influence in that huddle constantly. And, I mean, you see it more than anybody else game to game. And I've tried to, during the course of the games, let people know what I'm seeing. And it's 100% accurate. And it started with the very first game he was with, his new teammates not even in uniform. We caught him having about a 30 to 45 second conversation with Benedict Mather and about defense and defending the pick and roll. And that said a lot right there because I doubt the two even knew each other at all. And Mather may be a guy that, you know, you have to get to know just a little bit to get inside and, and kind of tell him things like that. And George uh, felt comfortable in that situation doing it. And he's done it nonstop ever since. And then you saw last night he could still play. I mean, he still made winning contributions. And then talking with him after the game, You know, John, Chris, you guys, we've been around George Hill for a long time. He's always been one of our favorites. But I don't think he would be upset if I said this. At times, in his first stint with the Pacers, maybe even the IUPUI days, he'd be a little moody. Sometimes he would be in a good mood. Some days maybe he wouldn't want to talk. He has been nothing but enthusiastic, happy, sunshine. It's been fun to be around him, and I've really enjoyed uh, this second stint with the Pacers from George Hill. Yeah, it is. It is funny, as you see, you know, people just recognize players as players and they don't realize sometimes, hey, this is a human being. We saw we saw George in high school. We saw him in college. We saw him as a young player in the NBA. And now we see him as, as a veteran guy. And, and you sometimes it's we foolishly don't realize, hey, they have growth in their lives and not just on the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, he's a family guy and I know he's a, he's enjoying that aspect of his life as well. And I had a conversation when we were back in Milwaukee, oddly enough, in January, and not with me, but with Chris Denary, and I know some of the other coaches were, were around, and he said at that time that he really wanted to finish his career with the Pacers, and I don't know if that conversation or those words um, you know, had anything to do with what happened in February, but he also had an opportunity at the trade when no playing time was guaranteed. The Pacers were still thinking about the future. They didn't really say, you're going to come in here and be a contributor. They offered him the opportunity. I believe, to you know, be released and go try to find another opportunity. And he wanted to be in Indiana. And so uh, I joked with him a little bit last night after his dunk that uh, he was able to finish, maybe not as emphatically as he would have liked. I called him Air George, and he said, no, I'm Indiana George. So I don't know. If you're a fan of the Pacers and you're, you've been in this state for a while, you want nothing more than someone who just wants to be here and wants to represent this state. And I think George Hill absolutely does that. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana. I mentioned the Pacers get Philly at Cambridge Fieldhouse tomorrow night. Second of a back-to-back for Philly, so I guess it remains to be seen as well if Joel Embiid plays. Now, this is kind of a shout to our uh, mutual friend and morning show co-host Kevin Bowen, who believes, J.J., that Miles has got to step up and show him something against Joel Embiid because he's taken a beating and he did last time out if he reasonably wants to be considered a really good defensive player. Now, obviously, I think that's a boatload of crap. I'm curious what you think about that. Is there some realism to what Kev had to say regarding that? I'm not sure that it, you know, eighth NBA season, one game in an 82-game regular season, I'm going to put that much emphasis on a Saturday night game in March. But what I would say is, where he wants to be, where this team wants to be in the next two to three years is playing in playoff series against teams like the Sixers and players like the Sixers. And so if you want to go into those kind of games and situations with the confidence you can compete and win, I think you have to start to build some confidence. So there's no better opportunity than Saturday. But I think you mentioned after the last time the Patriots played the Sixers and it wasn't you know, a great game for Miles, and he got in foul trouble, and Joel Embiid uh, put up some big numbers. He's doing that to almost everybody in the NBA right now. So if he does it again to Miles, it's not necessarily going to say, well, you know, if you said that no one's a good defender that hasn't been able to stop Joel Embiid, there would be no good defenders in the league right now. So 
Um, I think you have to tip your cap right now to uh, Joel Embiid. We'll see what happens tonight because, as you mentioned, with the second half of the Vax back, if they play well, they get a win, and, and he plays big minutes. I don't know what will happen. Will he play or not? They still are projecting um, to try to get in that two spot maybe instead of the three in the Eastern Conference, but they also don't want to get any unnecessary wear and tear. So we'll see what happens. Selfishly, I hope he plays, and I hope Miles can play well, and that can start to build some confidence in the individual matchup. But I'm already on board saying Miles is a, a very good defender and, and borderline on, you know, one of the best rim protectors, or he's one of the best rim protectors in the league, but maybe undervalued around the league and what he's able to do elsewhere. Well, he's undervalued, too, because – Nobody on that team really plays very good defense out front. So, I mean, that's another reason why people get on his rebounding numbers. So when you come out and challenge a shot, when somebody so easily gets passed out front, their defensive player for the Pacers, you know, he's out there trying to defend it. So it goes up and you're not going to get that weak side rebound most of the time. Anyway, Kevin had a good point that he was making. I just don't happen, as you well know, to believe in that thing. I will tell you this, though, regarding Miles and something that Kevin was onto. I just want Miles to chill out against Embiid. If Embiid plays tomorrow night, I mean, Embiid goes out there to do that to Miles because he can. He bullies Miles. That's what I don't want to see the bullying. All right, if Embiid gets numbers, Embiid gets numbers because he's that damn good and having that good of a season, an MVP type of season. I just don't want to see Miles discombobulated and bullied as we saw him last time out. That's what I don't want to see. I guess what I would add on to that is I don't want to see fouls become an issue either in the scorebook or in Miles' head because I think sometimes you're trying so hard to not get a foul, and that's part of what Joel Embiid does well, then it takes away your ability to defend well. And if you're a little passive or you're just thinking, I can't foul, I can't foul, I can't foul, that's the kind of situation that you actually do foul. And we saw that really change that entire game the last time they played. So I'm with you. Uh, I, I still think you've got to go do it and, and have that experience so then in future games and matchups you can have more confidence. I mean, these guys are NBA players, so they have confidence, but they also um, have memories. And so right now the memories of games against Joel Embiid, and a lot of times one or both have been injured, so they haven't had that many head-to-head matchups. But if they get that opportunity, I agree with you. Don't get it in your head. Just play basketball and see what happens, and don't always think about – not fouling because if you do that he's just going to go right to the basket and you'd probably be better off fouling so jj with us final thing too is there any conversation going around about the play-in possibility right now it's weird because in my business not a lot of people really want to hear about it not a lot of people are really excited if they land in there and you know me i've always said if you can win games, win games. That's why your ass is out there, to win games. You're not out there to blow it for the sake of a ping-pong ball here or there. Now, some of these uber nerds out there will tell me or try to give me you know, a slide rule design about how I'm wrong. But if you're able to win games, then you stink and win games. That's why you're out there. But is there that possibility of a play-in, especially the win like last night, becoming a reality-based conversation in and around this team right now? I would say it's not the be-all, end-all. It's not everything that's being talked about or thought about. But I can guarantee you that the players are interested in that possibility, especially the ones that have yet to have that postseason experience. They're going to do everything they can, and I'll point specifically to Buddy Heald. He's been on the injury report the last two games as questionable and there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to play and he's not been shy about saying he wants to experience the playoffs he's a veteran that's never done that and so while the team is thinking long term for him the here and now is very important and there are other guys just like him that want to experience that Um, that being said as i said earlier in the call i'm not we're not focusing all of our coverage every game to this is the place in the standings and this is how many games the pacers need to win to get into the play-in because if you're in at 10 it's still a really difficult proposition to get where you really want to be and that's in the playoffs so uh, we'll see what happens but you saw last night and I saw when I tweeted out that Tyree Saliburton would be out for three games with that ankle sprain you got the natural reaction that you would from the people like you mentioned and then the Patriots went out and won that game so when the games are going on they're trying their absolute best and when they play like they did against Milwaukee it does make you think anything's possible 
Yeah, no doubt. Well, just a thought. All right, JJ, tomorrow night you guys got it again. Gamers Fieldhouse, the Sixers, and the Pacers coming up tomorrow night. Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports Indiana on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highlight. I'm assuming you're sitting back and relaxing and watching the NCAA tournament games today? Absolutely. This is one of the things when the schedule comes out in August. I, it's probably the third or fourth date that I look at, and I say, where are we going to be? What's going on the Thursday and Friday of the first yeah. weekend of the tournament? Because I'd like to have at least one day to watch those games. I enjoyed going to cover them with Chris Hagen as my boss back in the day, and now it's fun to watch from afar. And Hagen, you didn't get to go to Birmingham this weekend. What happened? Well, I apologize, but Hagen's out there socializing right now. Oh, I can't imagine that. That's kind of what he did when he went to cover the tournament. I'm, I'm sure you never saw that when he worked at 59, when you would be doing the work and Hagen is out socializing. I'm sure that never uh, yeah. happened. I never. I, I can't imagine one time that happening. But you'd think he would have at least said goodbye during this interview before leaving to go socialize. No, I'm the I'm the uh, last man standing right now of the three that were here. There, we've got some socializing going on inside O'Reilly's downtown. So, I'm here with you. But no, we'll be watching coming up tomorrow night. Enjoy the rest of these games, and uh, we'll do it again soon. JJ, thank you. All right, sounds good. You guys have fun. Everyone have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylon, first Purdue, right, has their matchup with Fairleigh Dickinson. Around 6.50 is that tip from Columbus. Staked out in Albany, New York, later on tonight and much later on tonight. 9.50 or thereabouts, the scheduled tip. IU and Kent State with the Hoosiers' first-round matchup with Kent State. And the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us as he normally does on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline on this Friday. Hello, Don. How are you? Good, John. How about yourself? I want to also wish congratulations to you and your son, Scott, for that gig on the Red Field down at Edgewood <laughs> High School. The Red Field. What do you guys think about that Red Field down at Edgewood? Well, I really haven't seen it in person, but I'll be looking forward to seeing it at some point uh, here in the next couple of years because obviously Scott uh, received the head football coaching job there, learned that this week, and obviously he's excited. We're all excited for him. and. He's been coaching a long time, and he's looking for his probably his last-ditch uh, effort at, head, at being a head coach. He was at Lawrence Central for a couple of years and had success at Bark Tudor Four, uh, and has been an assistant coach uh, at several different schools since then and got three state championship rings out of that with uh, Warren Central and uh, Chittard and, and uh, Lawrence. So there's no question uh, he's a good football coach. He's been around a long time. He knows what he's doing. Got a terrific personality with kids. Uh, we're look, really looking forward to his opportunity at Edgewood. So is he um, is he moving to Ellettsville? Well, I don't know that he can he can commute from if he wants to. He lives up at Broad Ripple, so <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would think that the next move would be to Ellettsville or someplace uh, in that area. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, this is kind of, not that it's sudden or anything like that, but because we knew he was going to try and get a a different coaching job. He was at Franklin Central for the last couple of years uh, as an assistant there. Uh, but, you know, when th something like this occurs and you, you never know if you're going to get it or not, and all of a sudden they like what they heard, and obviously he's excited about the opportunity. So my gut feeling oh, is he'll probably make the move. That is awesome. We can get him a little place out there on Hart Straight Road, somewhere off Hart Straight Road, right? Maybe <laughs> get to go to the Village Inn all the time now. So well, exactly, I mean, and there's no better place to have breakfast than the Village Inn in Ellettsville. I'm just telling you, mm. I'm a big fan of Ellettsville. Even when they tore the the porn drive-in theater down, I still remained a big fan of Ellettsville. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I didn't know about. I guess I'll have to look into it. <laughs> well, you look into it when you have time. I know that you're prepping like the bejesus here to get set for tonight's game against. 
Kent State, I want to ask you this, because we've talked about rest and, and the grind of a long season often this year. Um, and a lot of people say, especially like me, go, oh, man, like we're almost 10 o'clock tonight. I'm going to be asleep, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> How much good do you think it does for these players, though, that clearly a couple of them near the end of the season of the Big Ten tournament looked like they needed a, a short blow or two? This extended period of time maybe do them a little bit of justice tonight, Don? I hope so. I, I don't think there's any question that Indiana was out of gas a little bit at the end of the season. Uh, they certainly had time to uh, to get ready for the Big Ten tournament. They won their first game against Maryland in that matchup. Unfortunately, they didn't beat Penn State the next day out. Uh, I don't know if that was a factor in that matchup or not, but I, I can say this. Every team in the Big Ten went through the same grind, so hopefully it was not a major factor in the outcome. And Penn State uh, has been really a good basketball team all year long, but they've really come on here at the end of the season. Uh, they've got some terrific players in that ball club, and we all know that Micah Shrewsbury does a tremendous job of coaching in just his second year. He's got him in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I can't uh, I can't say enough about his performance, and, and their basketball team is really difficult to deal with, and they proved that again last night with their victory in the NCAA tournament, uh, uh, knocking off Texas A&M. Yeah, no doubt. They looked really good, Don, last night against the Aggies. There's no question about that. Rob Sinderhoff is a familiar face, uh, certainly not one that a lot of IU fans really want to talk about in depth, but certainly a familiar face back in the Kelvin Sampson era for you, too. What are your thoughts on what you have learned, what you have uh, read up, what you have watched from Kent State, that MAC champion? Well, I know this. They are one tough-minded basketball team, and that's that's kind of what we expected to see out of a Rob Senderhoff team. He's been their, their head coach. for This is his 12th season, and they have not had a losing season since he has been there. Uh, he was an assistant coach for Kent State after he left Kelvin Sampson uh, for several years, and, and now, of course, the head coach, and he's had great success there. They've won six MAC championships, six big uh, six MAC tournament championships as well. Uh, the guy knows how to coach, and there's no question his team is really a tough team to deal with, especially defensively. They forced a ton of turnovers this year with their defensive play. They've got a couple of really star players in that regard. Sincere Carey, who's their leading scorer. Malik Jacobs is their second leading scorer, and they're two of the best defensive players on the team at those guard positions. 6-1 and 6-3. They've got a big inside named Hornbeak. Uh, he plays several minutes, but they also have some help. They're not the biggest team in the world by any stretch. Myron Thomas, another starter, is 6'8". Cameron Dave, Avon Cameron Davis is 6'5". They're off the bench. They're not big. Chris Payton is a 6'7 guy, and Jalen Sullinger, 5'10". Those are the two top reserves that play a lot. And Chris Payton, of course, is really a good shooter from outside uh, or, or inside either one. Um, actually, he's, he's, I, I take that back. He's actually a guy that plays more inside than he does outside. Um, Sullinger is the guy who could knock down threes. He's 43% from that lane. So what I've learned about these, this team is that they're just hard-nosed. They are tough defensively. They're going to try and intimidate you as much as they possibly can. And Indiana's going to have to hold up to that and do some intimidating of their own, no question about it. Well, I mean, they should be able to do that. I would hope they would be able to do that because, you know, obviously one of the, the top two players, in my opinion, in college basketball that they have in Trace Jackson Davis. And Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, joins us. First-round matchup, Kent State and IU later on tonight in Albany, New York. Before we get to Trace and the offense and some of the expectations, who's going to get that defensive assignment? As you mentioned, Sincere Carey is their go-to guy offensively. Who's going to draw that assignment tonight, in your opinion, Don? Well, my gut feeling is uh, the guy that's been taking on the, the top score for the other team at the guard position has been Trey Galloway. He's done that almost the entire season since he's been a starter. He usually takes that role. Uh, and Jalen hood Shafino at 6'6", he's a big guard. He can look over people, uh, obviously, but he can also guard people. And he's not, he's not the best defensive player of the two. But he is long enough to make it difficult for a shorter guard. And there's no doubt he might have some pressure on Sincere Carey as well. Because Carey is the guy that uh, stirs the drink for this Kent State ball club. Jacobs is a tremendous defensive player, and, but he's also a good scorer. They love to get it inside. They love to blast inside. But they've taken 
Uh, they've taken almost 800 three-pointers this season. <laughs> Compare that to Indiana, who's taken 505. So they're going to throw up the basketball and try to make threes. They're going to make this try to make this an ugly game from a defensive standpoint. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of de- who kind of develops the role of taking control with the tempo that they like to play at. And you know as well as I do, if Indiana can get out and run against anybody, they're probably as good as anybody in the country in that regard to get a lot of fast-break baskets and, and get the ball down the court in a hurry. But some teams try to make them play slower. And the games that they've played against the best teams that they've played this year, they played Gonzaga and they played Houston. I think they lost by five to Houston and seven to Gonzaga. And they made it very difficult. They, they lost a game in the 40s against Houston. So that tells you that they can slow it down and make it difficult for you to score as well. Yeah, they're, they're legit. There's no doubt about that. Don Fisher joins us. You, you mentioned Trey Galloway. When I first brought up about this extended period of time to rest, he was one of those guys I thought that really could need it. Because in that Big Ten Conference tournament, he looked like that if there were somebody looked like he was out of gas, it was him. I agree with you. I, I thought the same exact thing, and his performance offensively kind of showed it. He wasn't knocking down shots as he had throughout the season. He just didn't have the same pizzazz, so to speak, that he had during the, most of the campaign. And I think that was all a product of just being, you know, tired at that point in the season. This this layoff that they've had since then, obviously they've had plenty of time to get ready for this and to get some rest for these guys. And the one thing that you hope is that everybody is healthy for this matchup, and we never really know that until we do the pregame interview with Mike because they keep those things pretty quiet. But I think the one thing that this team can count on is that just about everybody's ready to play. Don Fisher joins us again, IU and Kent State tonight in neighborhood 950-955. Hopefully not much later than that, but it certainly very well could be. From Albany, New York's day two first-round matchup again, IU-Kent State. Coming up later on tonight, the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. 93 WIBC is where you can hear that game, obviously, coming up later on this evening, too. You mentioned, too, going to your go-to well, this is where it should really pay off, Don, is having a guy like Trace Jackson Davis. I know it's easier said than done. I know defensively sometimes teams can take somebody away. They have leaned on Trace so much, and it seems like that, you know, you have a guy of that magnitude. This would be kind of getting your feet wet with everybody else, the type of game we'd love to see him go off and let everybody kind of acclimate to this tournament at their own ease and let him take this thing over a little bit tonight. Well, I hope that can be the case. Uh, I, I think that's the one thing that concerns me about Kent State in this ball game is that they try to maybe play a little bit like Michigan State did against Indiana with that dig down from the guard position because these guys are really good defenders. And they'll, they'll probably come with that double team from guys in a lot of different ways and try to, you know, the, they'll t- let the pass get in there to him as long as it's not down there right in the paint, so to speak. But then, of course, they're going to try and take him away with another guy coming over to to dig down and make sure that he passes the ball out. And that's going to make it critical for Indiana tonight in this three-point department, in my opinion. I just think you've got to be able to make threes against a team that's going to double you. And Trace has been terrific at passing the ball outside when the double team comes. He is the leading assist man on this ball club with 123 assists this year because he has learned how to pass out of the double team. So I think that's going to be a critical factor in this ball game. how Indiana handles the double team, number one. And number two, can they knock down threes if that's exactly what happens in regard to the double team on Trace? Oh, Don, not turning it down. I, I don't want to see any sidestepping out of threes by Miller Cop. You know, and I know, and he made some tough twos in that game against Penn State, Don. I'll give credit where credit is due, some tough twos. But, I mean, hell, that's not his game. I mean, his game is when you kick it out there or make a skip pass, he's there to shoot it. And when he defers or sidesteps that and passes, that just, to me, that, that puts the offense completely out of whack. I can't argue with you. I, I think the same thing. I, I think he's turned too many shots down here of late. Uh, he's a guy that Trace Jackson Davis, he said this maybe about a month ago or maybe three weeks ago, whatever it was, he, that every time he, every time he throws the ball out to, to Miller, he says, shoot it. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. that's what everybody wants the guy to do. Uh, he's just reticent to do that sometimes. 
maybe a key for him is to make that first one. If he gets the first one to go down, I don't think he's quite as uh, defensive in the sense of, of shooting the three-point shot. But but right now, you've got to do that. This is the time of the year where you can't be fooling around. Everybody that you play is going to be able to beat you if you don't play at your best. And to be at your best, you've got to have your guys that can knock down three, shoot it. And without question, Miller and Trace, or Trey Galloway are both guys that I think need to do that in this ballgame. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, 93 WIBC. has got your coverage, IU and Kent State tonight. And we'll leave you with this. Uh, we probably both agree on this. My God, if Tamar Bates could give you anything from distance to take some of this pressure off, that would make things so much better offensively. I mean, just anything. And I, maybe it's just me. I think they went 2 of 14, which is atrocious. But he was the 2 of the 14. And that was on a neutral floor. It was the United Center. I mean, it wasn't in Assembly Hall. Maybe maybe a little bit of confidence built off of that. I don't know if I'm, if I'm just searching, stretching, or what right now. But he would be so big if he could just consistently find that for this team. Well, the last two or three ball games, actually the last five or six, uh, not that he's done it every ball game in the last five or six, but he's done it more often here at the end of the season. He has stepped up, and he certainly did against Penn State. He had 14 points in that game, uh, the two threes that you speak of in that contest. They need that from the bench. There's just nobody else that you can count on to give you a significant number of points off the bench that can really help you at this point of the season. Caleb Banks is not being used as much as he was earlier on, and I thought he might make a difference. He just hasn't had the opportunity. And Tamar Bates is the one guy that's come off the bench here of late, along with Malik Renew, and actually made something happen from the bench. So, uh, obviously, the bench has gotten much shorter since Mike Woodson uh, has gotten to this point in the season. He has not called on as many guys. And, of course, you're, you're basically going to go with the guys you trust the most. And Tamar is obviously one of those people, and you hope that he can contribute tonight in this matchup. You know what, Ian? Normally, i got to keep this between the lines. But you and I both know that I like Trace a great deal. And I'm not going to think about this in terms of what some IU fans might, but I want him to make a stamp on a postseason team-wise. I mean, he's done so much individually, you know, and obviously been one of the greatest to ever play in an IU basketball uniform. I just don't want people, Don, to be able to double back and go, well, look what he did individually, but look what he did, you know, when it came to the NCAA tournament. I really want him to go out with a bang on this. I'd love to see it. Well, you, you're not the only one that would love to see that, and he would be the first to tell you that he is number one in that category. Uh, there's no question. Trace wants to win. Uh, he has made that very clear here all season long. That this is all about winning uh, and Indiana becoming the basketball program that people want it to be, and I think he is on a mission to get that done, but he can't do it by himself, as you know. No doubt. All right, Don, what time you guys go on the air tonight? We will be on the air at 8.45, hoping that we somehow start at around 9.45. <laughs> but you can't Good guarantee luck with that. any of that. You can't, <laughs> you can't guarantee any of that because of how close these games normally are. <laughs> well, I know, that, I know that you're thrilled with the start time and what could be the, the real start time. I know you're thrilled with that. But, hey, can't wait to listen. I really can't. I know you guys will be geared up and ready to go. And, Hopefully they get a win, and we uh, hear you guys again coming up on uh, Sunday in, in some capacity as well. But have a great broadcast. Hey, give uh, your son, Scott, congratulations on that gig at Edgewood, too. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I do, too. I'm really excited about it, and especially for him. And we're looking forward to tonight as well, even though it's a late start time. I get the, I got the no-dos out. Well, and you know, even though they're also one of the worst officials in high school of all time, Lance Ringlers from Ellettsville, I'll look past that. <laughs> <laughs> if Lance is listening, he probably no longer will be. <laughs> and you know what else? His wife is a much better golfer than his ass is, Don. I think we know well, that. We all so. know that. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Have a great broadcast, man. Hoping we're talking about good things this time next week, Don. Thank you. Uh, thanks, John. Appreciate it. See you. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. His former team in Albany, New York tonight, taking on Kent State, the MAC champ, and he's a former Big Ten Player of the Year, a former NBA player. And for goodness sake, the guy helped me get a better night's bed rest with Aurora Sleep Clinic. The lefty going into the high school basketball hall of fame in the state of Indiana as well. Let's acknowledge that as well as we bring on Brian Evans. Hello, Brian. How are you, brother? John, I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, well, you came on at a good time because I don't know how this is going to go had this interview taken place at 515. Whatever that peanut butter drink is, I want to sw- swing by and get one of those. That sounds good. I got a bottle for you coming, Brian. Just uh, tell me when, where, and how. We'll get it for you, man. We got connections here, B. All you got to do is stop by. You know what I mean? That's it. All you got to do is stop by. Hey, we'll start right here, too. What do you think about this matchup with Kent State? What have you seen recently? Because this has been uh, been a season where you wondered and you were disappointed, and then they got everybody back on board, and it's been, you know, a good game here, a scuffle there since that point in time. Where are you with this Hoosier team going into this first-round matchup later on tonight? Yeah, well, number one, the, the, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday morning, Jay Billis picks our game out of the entire field, <laughs> and he says, watch that game. That's a tough one. That didn't. That was not good. That was not good for my psyche that Jay had uh, picked us out of, a, out of the lineup. Um... This is a good team we're playing. I mean, this is a competitive team that plays really hard. Uh, I, I've never, you know, I've never watched any games. I'm not going to go as far as to scout them. I'm going to scout them at 9:55 tonight. Uh, but yeah, our team has been up and down enough that we just got to be worried about which team shows up. You know, I, it's not the same team every night. That's for sure. Brian, when you think about – this is Chris Hagan, by the way, from Fox Indianapolis. Good to talk to you. Um, when you think about the day and age where you would just write it down every year I use in the tournament, and then there was that long drought, you know, uh, five, six-year drought where you're not in the tournament, play-in game last year, but now back to a, a high seed, you feel like you can make a run. Uh, do you think maybe the IU fans had, had kind of taken that for granted and didn't realize how hard it is to get back to that level, and now maybe Woody has this thing on the path where it will be like it, it was each and every year. You kind of write down the team will be playing in March. Well, you know, a little bit. I can tell you this. Like, I've got some butterflies today because uh, I want us to show up and play well and not lose, the, you know, the 4-13 matchup. And I had no butterflies over the last five or six years. It was really easy to just tune in and, and, and look for the upsets. And now, you know, <laughs> we don't want the upset to happen. I, I get it. You know, we were gone for a long time. You want the butterflies, right? Indiana belongs in the tournament. We belong in it with a higher seed like we have right now. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I felt a little more comfortable and confident that our team was going to show up and, and be a force tonight. Uh, but it's it's so exciting, man. Just yesterday and today, this is my favorite time of year. So regardless of what they're doing, they're still trying to enjoy it all. Um, and you know what? We ought to come out and handle business. This is a this is a mid-major team we're playing, and we got to come out and enforce our will. We got one of the top five players in the country. We got another lottery pick on the team. When you got a, a first-team All-American and a lottery pick, you know how many teams have that? We ought to go out and win the game tonight. So Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline celebrating St. Patrick's Day at O'Reilly's downtown with Heaven Hill Distillery. We are looking for you until about 7 o'clock. I'll be here coming up later on tonight. I, you look at this team and you mentioned Hood Shafino and obviously Trace here. You expect anybody to get back on board? Because there have been moments when Trey Galloway's been there. Uh, he was pretty invisible, certainly, over the course of the Big Ten tournament weekend. We saw that. Uh, people look for something from Tamar Bates. Of the two of 14, they went against Penn State. He had the two. Is there anybody that you can think other than those two that I, I outlined there that can bring it tonight for them to get to the second round? Because that's really be all they need here is a little support, and especially support for Trace. Can they find that by other means that has been incredibly inconsistent so far this year? 
Well, you hit it on the head, and, and it's been talked about all week, and really for the last couple months, we put an awful lot of pressure on Trace. I mean, my goodness. He's carried such a load, and he's done a marvelous job with it. You know, I, I, I've been so impressed with his consistency this last half of the Big Ten season. Because, man, game in and game out, when if, if you don't have a great game, we're not going to win. That's a lot of pressure on that kid, and he's done a great job with it. You know, you, you mentioned two or three names. Somebody's got to step up and make some shots and play. You know, I heard somebody say earlier today, we need five three-pointers from Galloway, Cop, and Bate. If those three guys can make five three-pointers, I actually, I don't even know who said it, but I actually agree. If we could get 15 points on threes from the combination of those three guys, I actually like our chances a lot. What's exciting about this time of year, and you talked about the seeding, and we've seen, you know, 20 years ago, one, two, three, four seeds, Go ahead and write them, you know, through to the Sweet 16. Everybody would get excited because, wow, a 12 beat a 5. But now uh, uh, they've knocked down the door. The 16 has beaten the 1. Uh, they've given – a 1 had a trouble had trouble last night. A 2's been beaten. So those teams, those mid-majors, so-called mid-majors, that, that kind of intimidation, it's gone now. Like anybody that steps on that court, they go out there really believing they could win. So that's something you have to battle as well. Uh, Kent State, they don't give a damn about those numbers by the names, do they? No, not at all. Not at all. And they, and they should believe, you know. Uh, those mid-majors should believe. There's enough of that going on. Uh, the, the parody thing that gets talked about, I, I think, from my perspective, is very real. It is very real. Just in that last game, Kennesaw State just folded it. They just, you could tell, they just didn't quite believe they were supposed to win that game. They dominated that game, and they just blinked at the very end. But yeah, there's, there's, there's way more parity in the field, and, and outside of you know maybe the one and twos, anybody can win these games. Hey, Brian Evans joins us too. I, I want you to to talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. I talked to Brian, Brian, or I should say, I talked to Brian Matt Painter earlier this week about his team and. They get Fairleigh Dickinson at around 6.50, 6.55 later on tonight. As a one seed, what do you think about Purdue's chances, given especially what we have seen in the backcourt and their shortcomings to this point, at least in recent history? What do you think about their chances to get to where, obviously, everybody expects them to go to the Final Four? You, you think that that's something they can overcome? Because a guy like... Fletcher Lawyer has been struggling recently. David Jenkins gave them a lot off the bench from three-point range. But it's still something you'd like to see them if they were to advance and get to the Final Four and have enough to be able to put that back together again. Do you think they have the means to do so? you think that team can put it together and make that type of run? Sure they can. I, I, I believe they can. And I, it's a lot like Trace. You know, these two big guys that we have in the state of Indiana that have been so dominant and now first-team All-Americans is so impressive. But I, I look at it like Trace. I mean, he can't take a night off. I mean, Edie cannot have a bad game. You know, he has not had a foul trouble game. The guy has stayed on the court. That's way easier said than done when, when you're that big and very tough to officiate, you know. I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten into games where the officials decided to call it a certain way. And, you know, he spends a lot of time on the bench. You, you got to tip your cap to him. He is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's grown as a player. He stays on the court because I, I do not think that this is a team that could advance any game with him having a, like a real off night. If he has an off night, I think they're in a lot of trouble, just like Indiana is. I, neither one of those guys can afford to have an off night in this tournament. Ryan, you were talking about how Kennesaw State kind of blinked at the at the wrong time. What, what is that mentality like as a player if you're on the other side of that? Let's say you're the higher seed and you're favored. When do you start, the doubt starts coming into your mind when you've got the underdog taking it to you, and it can go both ways. That You can crumble as the underdog, or you can also crumble as the favorite when you start thinking, wow, these guys might actually beat us. How is that for these young guys? What's that psychology like and, and from your playing days as well? Well, you know, you're so used to playing in conference by the end of the year. You know, your conference kind of plays a certain way. You know, the Big Ten has a style of ball. It was a physical style of ball, you know, not necessarily really high scoring. And you're playing 
18 games or 20 games against that same kind of style. All the teams are a little bit different, but there is a style in conference. When you go to the tournament, it's your first game in a long time that just feels different. You know, it's a different opponent. They haven't scouted you game in and game out all year. You haven't scouted them. You've got just a few days to prep for them, and it's really different. So Matt Painter made a great comment. I think it was to you, John, where he was talking specifically about that. And I, and I listen to Matt. I, I think he's fantastic to listen to. Um, but what I could tell you is when you get – you, you know, you're in Albany, New York, or you're in Boise, Idaho, or um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. These are places that we played. It's amazing how quickly the whole arena can turn on you, and you go from what's a neutral site. You know, it's a neutral site, but when you're in Indiana and you travel really well, we look like we have the biggest group of fans, right? And you feel good about that, and you're playing good. You're, you're ahead. you got a lead. It's almost like you're a home game. But as the place fills up, and I, I went to the game last year, Kentucky against St. Peter's, if you guys were there. It, yeah. it was so remarkable. It took me back to the tournament when I played. Uh, the place turned on Kentucky real fast. They had the most fans of any team, but the rest of the arena wanted to see the Wildcats lose. And it was amazing how fast that that. that that turn happened. I, I was a part of that a couple different times, you know. The, everybody else that are casual fans are going, hey, let's root against Bobby Knight. And all of a sudden, you're, on a, you're not just in a road game. You're in a ruthless environment where everybody hates you. It happens real fast. And so some of these young guys that we have, and Purdue has, you know, that young backcourt as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a first time for them to be in that situation. You know, it's funny about that too, Brian, is that it changes or turns on that dime that you're talking about at your lowest moment if you're that favorite that is getting beaten right then. I mean, it really, I mean, they, they turn on a dime at your lowest moment. And that has to, I can't imagine, I've never been a part of that, but I can't imagine where that is not a great deal deflated if you're that favorite team that sees that happen while also not playing anywhere near to your best? Well, you hit it on the head. I mean, when it when it turns, it turns all of a sudden. And, and that's just not something you've dealt with. It, it just isn't. You know, when you go on the road, you know you're on the road. They hate you from when you come out of the locker room, and they hate you through the end of the game. When you, when you think you've got some fans, and you think you've got the place under control, and all of a sudden they, they hate you, out of nowhere it's just a different thing it's a different vibe and that's what exactly right i didn't think about that brian until you said it but it, it it's like when the when the underdog starts believing they can win like john said maybe the underdog gets up eight or nine points and that's when the fans that are just sitting there waiting for their team to play that's when they start believing they're going to see something special and you it's almost like they're rooting for their favorite team and i was there last year when when it flipped for uk and uh, that place was yeah. absolutely electric and i'm sure that's what what arizona faced yesterday when people start saying hey wait a minute but Princeton might win this thing. I, I, you're right. I, I didn't think about the what that's like for a team if you go out there and you're getting booed from you know the tip as a uh, road team. But when you have it change like that in mid game, I'm sure that is something kind of strange. Oh, it is. It, it, and I was watching last night. It, it makes it it makes it really fun, right? That's why we love this tournament so much. But when you're on the receiving end of that, it's bizarre. I mean, it really is. We lost the game. My junior year was in Boise. And we were like the noon game, right? So people are half asleep, kind of rolling in a little bit late. And we had a nice lead. And, man, the plate turned on us all of a sudden. And, you know, they, they, they got us in the second half. And it felt like a really hostile road game. So Brian Evans with us, the former Hoosier, Big Ten Player of the Year, NBAer. And he helps me get the bed rest that I desire with Aurora Sleep Clinic. My man, I wish you were here. If you have time to jump down here before 7, do so. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. That's the peanut butter talking that you just drank. I'm not coming down there, man. <laughs> There'll be more than that talking a little bit later on. <laughs> Let me tell you. That's why we got to get the interviews in early because the show will definitely go downhill as we get into the 5 o'clock hour. Hey, enjoy that game later on tonight as well, and uh, we'll get back with you here relatively soon, B. Thanks. All right. Thanks, my man. You guys have fun. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I do not want to forget about what type of day it's going to be tomorrow in and around the state of Indiana. you got semi-state play, and Bob Lovell joins us to talk about that and more. Indiana Sports Talk later on tonight and tomorrow night, and as always, it is brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX locations. That's CarX.com today. Hello, Bob. How are you? Uh, John, I'm great. How are you? Bob, I am in a... Uh, I'm an Irish pub, O'Reilly's, on St. Patrick's Day. And then Brent Holverson, to my right right here, has an endless flow of samples going down. So you can imagine how well my afternoon is going, my friend. Uh, uh, Please allow me the opportunity to wish our grandson, Jackson Wheeler, a very happy birthday. He is a St. Patrick's baby celebrating birthday number 24. Uh, celebrating responsibly, I'm sure. And uh, we're happy for him. Hope he has a great day and thrilled that he's our grandson. Happy birthday to Jackson. That is well said right there. There you go, brother. An awesome grandpa. There's no doubt about that. All right. Where where do we begin coming up tomorrow, too? I'll be honest with you. I was bummed out. Because you know, Linton's a good team, and Linton is still going to be right. good, certainly in two-way and a favorite. But and, and I'm a friend of Joey Hart's. I like Joey a great deal, always have and always will. But holy hell, how – And I mean, obviously, some intervention is needed right here, is necessary. But that situation has just such a dark cloud over the top of it. This is a team, however, though, in Linton that is good enough, especially with his son, to withstand some foolishness like that earlier this week. Well, they are. I agree with everything you've said. It's uh, it's it's very sad. Uh, I've known Joey for a long time. He's been great to me. Calls the show on a regular basis. I think he's a tremendous coach. They have a tremendous team. And um, sometimes, John, these situations have a way of galvanizing people and bringing them together, making them better, making them stronger. And you're certainly, you know, hopeful. I think in any regards that that in fact is is what it's all about. But it's. Uh, you know, cast quite a uh, quite a dark cloud over over that program. So, you know, they're good, uh, and um, they're clearly good enough to be in the championship. It's just that they've they've got a they've got a little bit of a uh, they've got a Park Heritage team that's pretty good, and uh, they're playing you know at Southport. So, I mean, if you're going to Southport, Brownstown Central is really good. Jack Benner's already committed to Purdue. The Cecina team has just been fun to watch. Clinton Stockton, you talked about in Park Heritage. Say right now they're a young team and they're really, really good. Yeah, but again, I mentioned this because Linton has, you know, gotten over and performed well. You know, when when Joey had to sit out, I think six games, going back to January too. Um, his son is just really good. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I I expect them to be as good as what they usually are, but man. You talk about putting your squad in a difficult situation. And, again, I, I wish for the best because I like him such a great deal. I've known him forever. I mean, I, way back to when I was an early teenager, um, he has been a friend. Um, and I just – I absolutely, Bob, hate to see that I do. Well, I think everyone does, John. And, and uh, sadly, as, as cliched as it sounds, you know, these are lessons, unfortunately, that the kids have to learn. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, and sometimes people make bad decisions, and uh, there are consequences for them. And, you uh, you know, you talk about teachable moment, coachable moment. That's kind of what this is. But um, I think Park Heritage comes in with the attitude that uh, we, we want to play for a championship. And so that's the whole The beauty of this day is you, you win a game now, brother. Win a game uh, win some games today, win games tomorrow, you have a chance to go play for the prize. And so it's a it's an enormous day, without question, and uh, that's why it's so much fun. Hey, one of the great spots is in Newcastle coming up tomorrow. Brownsburg, Jennings County, Ben Davis, and Bloomington North. I know the Roberts kid is an outstanding player going to Vanderbilt. 
for Bloomington North. They kind of ride his shoulders, and Ben Davis, you know, unbeaten without question, has been just fantastic. Brownsburg has been playing as well as anybody. But maybe for those that don't know a great deal about Genix County, I was talking to Greg Rakestraw, Bob, earlier this week. I compared them to what we saw in Evansville Wrights maybe five or so years ago when they got up and down the floor at a, a right. fever type of pace. And just you know, the, the, the first best shot available is how they kind of viewed that. Is Genix County similar to what we saw from Wrights about five years ago? I think it is. I mean, they're a veteran team. Uh, they've been together for a while. Uh, it's about pace. Uh, it's about tempo. Uh, it's about understanding the game, and they do have a high IQ, basketball IQ as a group, and have guys out there, you know, John, kind of reminiscent of you, can all catch it, shoot it, put it on the deck, make something happen. Yeah. And uh, it's a high-octane approach to the game. Yeah, I don't know about me putting it on the deck. I'd probably dribble off my foot out of bounds. But catch, catch and shoot, yeah. catch and shoot certainly would have been okay. But now you look at all the way around between you know Jennings County, Brownsburg, Bloomington North, right. Ben Davis. You talk about loaded semi-state. I guess, I guess with the revamping of the regionals, with what the IHSAA has done, that kind of right. had this type of of emphasis or impact in mind, right? Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you know, again, you're you're involving more teams. Uh, obviously, you're you're in different spots. You know, like um, Michigan City, Newcastle, Elkhart, Seymour, Logansport. You know, some different venues, if you will, around the state. And I think you've created uh, a great buildup. You, you know, talking about you mentioning Newcastle. Hey, Brownsburg defensively might be as good as anybody in the state, and Jennings County. Uh, yeah, they're a high-powered offense without question. I don't believe they've seen a defense like this. So, you know, Ben Davis is Ben Davis. They're really, really good. Uh, up in Michigan City, you know, Fort Wayne, Wayne plays Kokomo. Kokomo, probably one of the most unique stories is Flory Badunga. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Do-Everything at Kokomo is really good. The Hammonds. Did Bob just disappear right there? Bob, I think, just disappeared. He was going to go in on Kokomo. See if you can get Bob back. Because I want to preview what I'm going to ask Bob in just a second. I want him to continue his thought on Kokomo. But one of the better stories right now is that of Beach Grove, considering what they did a year ago with their championship and then what they had to go through, obviously, with their coaching situation and then where they're back in the semi-state again. It's an absolute amazing story. I'm telling you, you look around the state, there are amazing stories all the way around. You know, Beach Grove, for example, is down in Washington at the Hatchet House. North Davies is down there. North Davies was the Class A champion a year ago, elevated to 3A. One of the reasons why some people suggest they elevated to 3A was to get the heck out of, you know, 2A with Linton. But you go up to 3A, so you go skip a class and get up another class. It, it's amazing. You could end up, honestly, I mentioned this. You're not going to get three because Bloomfield's out of it by virtue of Lutheran last week in the regional. But you could very well get two SWIAC, Southwestern Indiana Athletic Conference reps in Linton and in North Davies coming up in Gamer's Fieldhouse next week. Bob Lovell rejoins us right now. Hey, go ahead and finish off your thoughts on Kokomo and what they can do. I mean, they had to go north, obviously, where they are, uh-huh. further uh-huh. north. They're not involved in, you know, in the Ben Davis and the Jennings County and the Bloomington North and, you know, what you're going to see with those matchups down there. But your thoughts on Kokomo moving forward in the semi-state tomorrow, Bob? Well, it's about Flory Badunga and uh, one of the most uh, – sought-after recruits in our state. You know, he's 6'10", John. He runs the floor. He's a shot blocker extraordinaire. He's difficult to handle. When he catches the ball inside, he's literally unstoppable. But they have a, a great group around him that plays awfully well. And so people need to be a, be very well aware of him. And he is uh, he's a force to be reckoned with without question. I brought this up, and we'll go ahead and close with this. The amazing story that is Beach Grove. Championship a year ago. We know what happened with the coaching situation. They're back in the semi-state. Strong as hell again this year. Of the stories from north to south in the state of Indiana, that has to be among those at the top of the list of intriguing going into tomorrow. 
Oh, I agree. And you just think of the job that Joe Rim has done as their coach. I mean, he's obviously been on the staff, understands it, and those kids pulled together. We talked earlier about these types of situations sometimes bring a group together and galvanize them, make them tougher, and they and they have they're they're really talented. Number of kids played for a championship last year, and so you got a bunch of guys that have a lot of pride. They're quick, uh, they're strong, uh, they really get to the glass quickly. They defend you. They're a tough-minded group of guys, and it's carried them well, and it's gotten where they are in the chance to play for another championship. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk every Friday, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations, run by Joe Childers. That's CarX.com. Find that location nearest you and make sure you're spring road ready. It doesn't feel like it outside today, but make sure you maintain that spring road readiness. CarX.com today. Indiana Sports Talk both tonight and tomorrow night. And Bob is going to be loaded up and ready to go with the stories that you're looking for. My friend, it is always a pleasure. Have a great show tonight and tomorrow, and we'll see what's happening from Gamebridge Field as and preview that and the state finals coming up next Friday. All right, John. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.